go. Quaiso on three. One, two, three. Quaiso. All right, everyone. I'm here with Coach Derek DiMarino from the Penn Quakers. Coach is our uh, assistant volunteer coach. Coach, what's going on? Good to have you on. Yeah, glad to have me. Uh, excited to talk about some things and, you know, be a part of the Quake Show show. All right. Sounds good. So going back to your time before Penn, you played for four years at U Sciences across town, and then you coached for them for about four and a half years. What was the transition like from, from player to coach, you know, coaching some of the guys you played with for a couple of years? What was that like? Yeah, it was definitely interesting. Um, you know, for people who don't know, University of Sciences is, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump right across the street from University right. of Penn. Um, I was actually telling some of the guys this year, by freshman year, we actually played Penn. Mm-hmm. And we got blown out. I think it was like 15 or 16 to one, but I did have the only RBI. I hit a sacrifice fly. So there you go. I had that to hang my hat on, but no, it was definitely a, a pretty interesting thing. Like I played my first couple of years and like, I always knew, like I kind of wanted to get into coaching, but you know, mm-hmm. I was had my, de- you know, following up on my degree kind of doing school. And as I got to like my senior year, um, we weren't, the most fortunate as far as like a budget situation and all that. So like, we never had a ton of like assistant coaches around a lot, like coming and leaving. Cause you know, the pay wasn't great. They had other jobs. It, it's tough to do baseball and have another full-time job because mm-hmm. playing the middle of the day. And <clears throat> my uh, head coach was like, you know, is this something that you would think you would want to do? And kind of gave it some thought. And I was like, I kind of just want to like help the program continue to be better and stuff like that and stay in baseball because obviously I wasn't going anywhere when I was done playing and right. always wanted to stay around the sport. So yeah, I finished playing and decided that was something I was going to do and kind of just jumped right into it. Didn't really know what to expect, especially from like the recruiting aspect and all that. But um, yeah, it was definitely interesting like that first year because I'm coaching first year coach and guys who are seniors and captains of the team are like right. three they guys who are like, not only did I play with them, but like they were like some of my closest friends because they were a year mm-hmm. younger than me, you know, like, one of them just had a baby's getting married in a couple months. I'm going to be going to the wedding. It's like, and I'm coaching them, you know, and I'm only a year older than them. So it was right. definitely an odd transition, but those guys did a really good job of like kind of separating, you know, the friendship from the coaching as- aspect and, you know, treating me with respect as a coach. And we were still, you know, had that friendly atmosphere and everything at practice. And mm-hmm. it was, it was definitely a cool experience and kind of got me going on the road that I'm on right now and getting me here. Right. Now, is there someone, was there, was it really the head coach at U-Sciences that really drove you towards coaching or was there one coach, you know, travel ball, high school that really sort of had an impact on you that said, that made you think, hey, I want to do this, you know, at, uh, after you're done playing? It was more of like, I feel like me being a player, I was always like an undersized player, played middle infield, like, and like, I feel like I was just a guy that always kind of had to know the game and, and know the situation, kind of be one step ahead of everything, so I was always kind of like picking people's brains and kind of the ins and outs of the game and trying to learn all that kind of stuff. Um, and then when I got to high school, um, <clears throat> I played for Dennis Barth in high school and people from New Jersey, you know, know Dennis Barth. He's the winningest. He's got the most state championships of any high school coach in, in South or in New Jersey. I think it's up to 19 now. Nice. And, you know, the way we played the game is we, we were just very detail oriented. We had plays for everything. Like, Every day of practice, you showed up, you knew it was, it was the same thing. It was pickoffs, it was bunk coverages, it was first and thirds, it right. was all the little outs, and just my and, and detailed. De- and it was to the point where, like, every year, like the senior class could basically just run a week of practice and mm-hmm. he would just stand off this side and be very quiet. And then 
if stuff got a little sloppy or, you know, need to be tuned up, he'd bring everybody into the pitcher's man. He knew like, all right, here we go. We're going to get yelled at here. And, and then practice would just go back to running as a well-oiled machine. Right. So I'll probably credit him the most just for kind of <clears throat> drilling that like detail oriented style of baseball and just all the ins and outs. Like we did everything, anything you could think of. I mean, whether it was from the offensive end playing small ball defensively, uh, the, the plays we had run and stuff like that. It was just always mm-hmm. kind of, made you prepared for college and got you that that little inside edge that most teams didn't have and I just always loved that kind of chess match that we would play and, and the way we would just be able to beat team we could we'll laugh like we'll score three or four runs in a game but never hit a ball in the infield and it was right. just like little stuff like that it was like you know I really like this and like so he would definitely probably be the guy that that got me going on the path I got you cool just came over to Penn I guess this past January right really just around that yeah I started in like December with the guys were home on Christmas break right right kind of got like a month of just like doing some office work and kind of mm-hmm. learning the lay of the land but then yeah just first right this was my first day on the job yeah with the guys I mean and then what was that transition you know you were at U Sciences playing coaching for almost nine years right yeah what was that was, sort of coming was over a interesting transition um mm-hmm. one thing I've told people that ask me about it is you know with coach Yerk Sant uh coach Schwartz like they couldn't have made it any easier for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I I had a pretty good relationship with them coming in um, just from being so local at U Sciences. And I worked a lot of pen camps, you know, over my years at Sciences. So mm-hmm. I was able to like form a pretty good relationship with them. I've known Coach Urkow for a while. We're uh, alums of the same high school and right, used right. to do some stuff back at the day at the indoor facility that uh, I worked out at. And so I would, I, I used to hit with him in the winter every once in a while. His dad was my boss for a little bit at uh Sports Central is called and I was a high school player and I would work there and he ran the facility. So um, having that relationship and knowing those guys made it a little bit easier, <clears throat> but it was definitely like a, a tough transition just from the fact like, you know, I'm showing up today one to practice and like, I knew like maybe two or three guys on the team. Right. Just you knew of the guys. You didn't yeah, I knew, I knew like Kevin AC a little bit because he was a South Jersey guy. I knew Brendan Bean because he, he went to Gloucester Catholic, which is the same mm-hmm. high school I went to, but I didn't really like know them know them so like I could probably pick out three or four of the guys just out of a line to start and then it was like you know I'm just like throwing guys BP and like trying to remember what their names are day by day it took me like probably there was probably like a week after about a week I kind of got it down but I think there was one day where I was like Sam like we were going for about a month and like we were getting ready to do live hitting and I was like I'm not sure I don't know all the pitchers right like, they're right. kind of on their own end of the bubble doing their own thing and I'm right like, I, I don't even know who this is getting ready to step on the mound. Yeah. So that was kind of funny. And I felt that way for, with the hitters too, because I mean, most of the time in the bubble, I was with coach Schwartz and Scaff. you know, I was, so I didn't really get a full understanding, like how you couldn't really know all the pitchers. I couldn't really know all the hitters that much. Um, so now you mentioned how you worked a bunch of the pen camps over the years, right? Yeah. But how important do you think that is not only for recruits, but for, you know, the program as a whole, just to, understand that this is that this is potentially your next group of you know your next class oh yeah for sure I mean anytime we have camp it's a great opportunity for just the players to get on campus and Mm -hmm. get in front of coaches and you know like most schools like we run our camps like there's other schools in attendance that we know so it gives you a chance to to get in front of an Ivy League school get on their campus see what their you know what their campus is all about kind of learn the coaches a little bit learn the uh the area and then and then you get to play in front of other schools too you know um 
every pro player knows when you go to something, there's 50, 60, 70 kids. Every school can't take everyone. But if you can get in front of as many coaches as possible, it's always going to benefit you. And, you know, <clears throat> in the coaching world, like we have so many contacts, we know so many people that, you know, a guy who might be a good fit somewhere, or, you know, maybe it's a guy you like, but at that time, it's just not a fit. Your recruiting class is already filled. You're right. only like one phone call away from us calling or somebody calling us and recommending a guy. And then, you know, they end up where they need to be. You know, obviously we had a really good regular season this year, um, set a record in wins uh, for the program's history. Two times we put up 27 runs, right, at Harvard, at Yale. What do you sort of, first of all, what was the energy like in the dugouts for those two games? And then second of all, before you answer that, is there something that, you know, you said you were really detail-oriented. Is there something that you stress the players to, like, not have them fall out of touch, not have them lose focus when you're putting up – three, four touchdowns in a game, you know? Yeah, so the, the the energy in the dugout was an interesting one just based off the two different games because the Harvard game, it was like, I think we might have struck out this, like they might have struck out the side on us in the first. We went down one, two, three. It was like, yeah. oh, okay. it was like a little bit of a colder day and we knew it was going to be probably, you know, a tough matchup. And then came out in the second inning and that ball started flying around the field. Um, right, I, Homer, I think and, they scored a run in the bottom of the first too at Harvard. And Seth, Seth Homer, and like balls are just flying around the yard. I'm like, okay, yeah. we're going a little bit. And, and we knew like weather was coming in. And it was like, we started scoring and it's like 12 1, 13 1. And I'm right. kind of sitting there thinking, like, wow, like we might score 30. Like, I just don't, yeah. at this point, it doesn't look like we're stopping. Um, right. And then obviously, we had the weather delay. I think it was like 17 to something when we went into it. We came back the next day. Right. Because we came in with like a 14 run lead. Yeah. Kind of kind of just rolled it through and, and kept, which was interesting. Cause like, you know, you go home, you kind of get in that groove the first day, but we came back and kind of didn't miss a beat. Um, and, and the energy was good. The second one at Yale was, was interesting because that was, I think the famous set the breeze. We need more points day yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of took that. off. And that was another one where it was like, we we're hitting a lot early and we're scoring runs. And then it's just like, every time we score, I, he's just 10 he's feet. Just from me, just after screaming, you know, Whatever we need more points and I'm like I get it Seth we really don't like we have 20 of them but, but yeah so that was I mean it was fun just to see the guys kind of get in that groove and just go with it um yeah but from a perspective of like what you say to them it's kind of hard to do much with them I just try to keep them especially when it's early on in, in the series it's just like mm -hmm. hey just do your best to stay locked in your at bats as much as possible because right. I know like you're going good now, but you know, you could be your fourth at bat in and it's the fifth inning. You got more at bats coming and we have at least one more, maybe two more games in the series. And, and you don't want to kind of go up and go through the motions and, and throw at bats away that, that are going to kind of get you out of that rhythm and put you in a funk for the rest of the, the series. So it's kind of just hanging in there, even though you're probably not seeing the best arms on the other team because they're trying to save their arms, but just kind of, right having the smartest at bats possible, stay in the zone. If the guy's missing, take your walk, get down to first, um, you know, not base the base per se, but take it easy on the base pass. You don't need anyone getting hurt, stuff right. like that. Still playing baseball, but yeah, just staying locked in as much as possible, as, as hard as that is to do at that point. And then on the pitching end, it's just, you know, just go attack, throw strikes and try to get out of here, you know, right. as, as little as amount of pitches as possible, a little least amount of arms you have to use as possible. Just, you know, you have a 24 to, three lead like you literally you don't, you don't need to go get strike yeah. you, you could afford to get it up right right yeah um was there a moment this year that you really like that stuck with you as your, your favorite moment from you know this past season with Penn um I mean I think just the whole season in general was was very 
cool um just being here my first year and you know the team setting the wins record and all that mm-hmm. getting to play my ivy league championship series was was neat um i mean obviously most people are probably going to talk about the, the opening series at texas a&m um right. it was really cool um i wasn't with these guys for you know all that time but for, for these guys to basically not play baseball for two full years and then their first i mean they played some college base or uh, summer league ball but to come out in their first like Penn game and their first collegiate game back to be in that atmosphere down an SEC team that you know ultimately ended up finishing the country and almost yeah. making it to the College World Series final. Um, and to go win that series is just like a testament to the talent we have on our roster, the preparation we put in in the preseason, and you know what Coach Eric Sant, Coach Schwartz have done with these guys up until this point to have them ready. Um, I mean, I was with them for about like a month and, and saw how hard they worked and how prepared everyone was. But it's a testament to those guys to see, you know, how they stuck with these guys. There were tough times where, you know, practice time was limited, you know, exposure to being able to be with them was limited and just to have the guys ready to do that. Um, I always joke with people. I was like, when I was at sciences, like we finished fall ball and we played a scrimmage versus Arcadia, which is a local D3 team. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, the last game I coached was at Arcadia and the next game I'm going to coach is at, Texas A&M so it's a little bit of a big difference there but a bit of a culture shock yeah there's a lot of I mean through the season that that were cool and then obviously the last day of the season at Princeton where yeah basically played two and a half games in one day and kind of everything fell our way and you know landed to where we got to host the Ivy League Championship Series that was a pretty cool moment and just yeah you know getting to see the guys celebrate the regular season win and the hard work paying off absolutely yeah when I spoke to Yerk um when we recorded his interview he was saying that net, like you don't see that, right? You you're never playing what eight twenty seven innings in a day, right? I mean, how how often is that? Yeah, I think we played eighteen plus like another four and a half. It was like 20, 24, 23 innings in a day. Yeah. So it's like I mean, and for everything to fall our way within the span of those twelve hours or so it was just that was a really special day. Everyone watching the other series um, between Dartmouth and Columbia. And Dartmouth coming back late and then Columbia taking the lead and Dartmouth coming back again and then doing it again and walking off. That was, I mean, that was really, I mean, from my point of view in the press box, that was just a really cool whole day to be a part of. Um, yeah. It was just like the energy in the field. And I remember like at one point, like I'm coaching first and like the dugout just starts like screaming out of nowhere. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, right. you must've done something good. And then yeah. we go back in and find out like they tied the game, whatever game was going on at that point right. they tied it or whatever um i remember we were in the dugout when they had walked it off and we kind of knew like all right if we just take care of business here yeah know, exactly get the right. that was pretty cool yeah you mentioned before that um coach barth in high school was super detail-oriented and you sort of take that approach to your coaching style is there something that like a baseball strategy is there something that you are such a fan of so passionate about that maybe sort of gets overlooked or that other coaches aren't really like a fan of like whether it's I don't know, a hit and run and with one out, two outs, whatever that one niche thing is. Is there something that you love? Um, I wouldn't say I'm like super passionate about anything in jet, like specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm probably more on the new school side of ideas and baseball and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I do think shifting is a good thing. Um, I think it kind of sucks that it's getting taken out of Major League Baseball, I think. They're kind of putting the emphasis in the wrong spots. Um, right. I don't think game offense is down or numbers are down. Yeah, the shifting's hurting it a little bit. Um, but the fact that, you know, 
Now, 75% of the league's a power arm that can throw 96 with a hammer slider. Makes a lot That's, more difficult than, than shifting. Um, right. I always equate it to, like, football. Like, I think it's, like, it's like telling Patrick Mahomes, like, oh, he has a cannon arm and, and the team wants to play, like, cover two defense. But, no, you're not allowed. You, you have to take a safety and put him up in the box and play with one safety while he throws the ball over top of you. Like, no, he has a really strong arm. They're going to throw deep. Like, if you want right. to drop all your guys back and rush three, you should be allowed to do that. Um, same thing with baseball. Like, I think the shift helps on defense more than it hurts. I think more balls go into the shift and get caught and then, then squeak through. But, like, mm-hmm. if you're choosing to leave an entire side of the field open and a, and a guy is able to – push a ball through that way or bunt, like more power to him. Good for him. Right. He should be able to utilize what the defense is giving to him. Yeah, absolutely. So I wouldn't say there's anything that I'm like super passionate about. I mean, I think small, there's still spots for small ball to be played both in the uh, major leagues and at, a, and at our level. And there's also, you know, spots where I think small ball is kind of a thing of the past and it's, it's right. not needed as much. All right, I got one more question before I go into like my lightning round sort of thing that I've been calling it. Yeah, sure. Everyone knows you're a huge Philly sports guy. Sure. And it's safe to say that uh, you're one to share your opinion, oh, yeah. um, especially about the Sixers and Phillies. Give me some moves. What do you think needs to happen for the Sixers to make a championship run in this upcoming season? Uh, I mean, I like I like the moves they made in the offseason. Uh, I think they bolstered their bench a little bit, got a little more athletic, which is definitely needed. Uh, the P.J. Tucker signing, he's a little bit older, but he's going to bring a veteran presence. He, every team he plays on is a good team. So mm-hmm. definitely, you know, aren't going to have a problem with him. Um, but at the end of the day, like James Harden's there, Joel Embiid's there. Like those are the two guys that kind of – they got to make it happen. Um, right. Embiid should have been the MVP last year. He didn't get it. So hopefully he comes back, you know – angry and, and and wants to prove a point and, and he can take it try to take the MVP this year but I mean yeah. if Harden plays the way we know James Harden can play then he's the guy and yeah you know if not they probably don't go very far so I gotcha all right we'll go into my lightning round now we said you're a Phillies fan who's your favorite Philly player uh I would say my favorite Philly, are we going current yeah or current all-time whatever you want uh, so currently, it would definitely be uh, Bryce Harper. Uh, all time, Jimmy Rollins. Okay, cool. In your opinion, who is the best baseball player of all time? So this is a tough one because you know you have the steroid era guys, and Barry Bonds is obviously, you know, probably the best hitter of all time with an asterisk next to him. And and mm-hmm. I like to consider Alex Rodriguez up there as well, but we know he also took steroids. So right. taking those two guys out of, I'll go with a non-steroid guy, and I'll go Ken Griffey Jr. Nice. Nice, good answer. Still playing in that steroid era, but, you know, put up ridiculous summers. In my opinion, probably would have had 800 home runs if it wasn't for those injuries, you know? Yeah, injuries are great defensive player, great hitter, yep. kind of just all-around player. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wish I didn't see him when I was five years old and he had no knees on the Reds, you know? <laughs> um, uh, your favorite place to eat on campus? Uh, that's a tough one. I don't really get out on campus very much so normally it's just one of the food trucks near franklin field that i, I can eat on the way down to the locker room gotcha uh you're stuck on a desert island three movies that you'd want to watch for the rest of your life three movies um all right so i'd probably go with my all-time favorite classic is goodfellas okay um then probably have to take a sports movie in there. I'd probably take Avengers Endgame because okay. it's a great movie and it's going to yeah. take up almost four hours in my day. So it's going to take, if I sleep in a little bit and watch that on the island, I'm going to cover half my day. Right. Um, and then a sports movie, 
I'm probably gonna go with Miracle. Uh, okay. I'm a big Miracle guy. If I, if yeah. anyone ever watches Miracle with me, I can recite almost the entire movie as it goes along. Yeah, so. I mean, one of the greatest. Where uh, where can our listeners follow you on social media? Give a plug so that you could uh, boost that following. Oh, yeah. Let me pull it up real quick just yeah. to get it right. All right. Um, my Twitter account is at Coach DeMaria. So Coach and then the last name is DeMaria. D-E-M-A-R-I-A. Cool. All right. All right. That'll be it for an uh, interview with Coach DeMaria. Anything else before uh, before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I mean, thanks for interviewing me. Uh, shout out Joe Miller, you know, yeah, yes, last year getting drafted by the Tigers. That was awesome for him. And yeah, real quick, what does that mean to you to, you know, coach a guy that got drafted? It was cool. Um, I mean, obviously, I texted Joe. I mean, I was only with him for one season. Um, me too. No, it's it's cool to have a guy that you know you were around and kind of you could tell from day one had had something special. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's definitely cool for me. Um, you know, just to know you know, the work he put in and kind of down the line, just like, Hey, when you're talking about players, you should model yourself after a guy like this. Um, obviously the guys recruited him, the rest of the staff that were with him for his four years, it's awesome for them. Um, it's awesome for the program, but no, congrats to Joey deserves it. And he's going to do, you know, really good things. Yeah. All right, cool. Coach Derek, thank you very much. Quick show on three, one, two, three. Quick show.